0: Anybody in here today or anybody watching online that may not know you as Lord and Savior I pray Lord that we make that decision today What a beautiful day to do it as we're celebrating the birth of Jesus in your name Amen and amen and amen Good morning My 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 So much fun I always as a pastor I hold my breath when the little kids get up here because you never know what they're going to do But they they did a great job today. Y'all look good this morning. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, you look good, but not as good as me. (laughs) Everything today, everything today is celebrating Christmas. Hey, by show of hands, how many of you guys have finished all your Christmas shopping? Got it done. How many of y'all have a little lot left to do? Yeah. The Wild Scramble is on. Uh, recommendation, get out early or Amazon your shopping list to death because this is going to be the rush of the last-minute Christmas shoppers this week. So if you go out uh, in the afternoon, God be with you. We wish <laughs> best, best of, of luck and hope to you. Um, there's a lot of stuff, though, that comes along with the Christmas season. Um, travel. Shopping. Uh, I think of a lot of stuff. Some of you are hosting people and the pressure of getting the house ready and the food ready and then the food. How many of you love Christmas food? I love Christmas food. Like Thanksgiving and Christmas are great times to just sit back for the food lovers. It's like a double holiday. We get to celebrate stuff and eat good food, and I love that. But most of all, and this is the reminder today, and this is the takeaway today, is that Christmas is Jesus. Christmas is Jesus. And all of that stuff comes along with it, but at the end of the day, we've got to remember Christmas is Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about him. But there are some fun things that go along with it. I love the food. I love Christmas movies. You guys like Christmas movies? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, I love them. My wife likes the classic Christmas movies like uh, White Christmas. Yeah. Um, what's another? It's a Wonderful Life. She lo- Y'all like that movie? Oh, she loves that movie, and I, I like that she likes those movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like my Christmas movie, I love Elf. Uh-huh. That is, I love Elf elf. That is that is like, uh, how about a Christmas story with a little kid wanting the BB gun? Oh my goodness, that's such a great, you'll shoot your eye out, you'll shoot. I love, I love the Christmas movies. I like how they played that one 24 hours, like from Christmas Eve to Christmas Day. We'll just put it on the TV and just let it play. And Usually coming back to it, you see the whole movie over a 24-hour period, little bits and pieces at a time, doing all of the, all the setup and all the stuff that happens. So many good things. I, ne- I need to solve something, though, today. And this is a debate that we talk about a lot here at the church, especially this time of year. Talking about Christmas movies, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. How many of you say yes? yes. Woo! How many of you say no? A couple of hands are going up. All right, we got a couple of hands going up. Listen, it's okay to be wrong. There's nothing wrong with being wrong sometimes. Not everybody's perfect. We all, most of us will say that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it all happens around Christmas, so that qualifies it. Look, if some of these Hallmark movies that are out can be Christmas movies, Now, let's be honest. If you've seen one Hallmark Christmas movie, you have seen every one of the Hallmark Christmas movies. If you've just seen one, they're all the same. There's 10,000 Hallmark Christmas movies, but they're all the same. And my wife would say, and that's what's so awesome about it. And I I don't get it. But if Hallmark can put out Christmas movies and that can be called a Christmas movie, then John McClane, Kicking Some Honey, on the day of our Lord and Savior's birth, can be called a Christmas movie, too. What do you think? So, just my opinion. (laughs) I love it. Uh, But Christmas is more about the movies and the fun and hanging out with the family. I love hanging out with the family. I love giving gifts. I love the light that comes on in people's eyes when you're able to give them a gift that they've been waiting on and they want. You know, I love, I love Christmas more now that I have children than I did before I had children because I love experiencing Christmas through them all over again. Just that joy of being a child and the excitement of Christmas and, and what it all represents. And I remember one of the best Christmas presents I ever got as a kid was a toy called Voltron. Y'all remember Voltron? Voltron. Defender of the universe, protector of the galaxy, that awesome robot warrior. Oh, man. Look, look, some of y'all are a little too young to know about Voltron. Hey, where's my old school crew? You know what I'm talking about when I say Voltron, right? When I say G.I. Joe, He-Man, come on, Thundercats, where you at, people? Come on. That that is awesome. Rainbow Bright, y'all remember that stuff, and the Care Bears, You ever think about how crazy care bears are? They're bears that they walk around spreading care. And when they got in big trouble and had to fix something, they would all link arms together. Y'all remember this? And do the care bear stare. And they would literally shoot love and joy and happiness out of their chest and fix what was wrong with the world. Come on. Those were good toys back then, man. That, that was some fun stuff. I love the gifts. Voltron for me was one of the most awesome Christmas gifts that I ever got um, because I got two of the lions for my birthday. And I had to wait for the rest of them to come on Christmas Day. And what I mean is this, here's a photo of it. Like Voltron is five lions. I'm probably spending way too much time on this, but this means something to me, so y'all bear with me. Voltron was five lions that would fly around and do awesome stuff. They were robot lions with people piloting them. And they would come together and make one big robot warrior. And I had to wait for the final three lions to show up on Christmas Day, and it was like waiting for eternity because I thought I might get them, but I didn't know. And I saw the presents under the tree, but I couldn't check and make sure because Mom and Dad told me if I opened a present and saw what it was, they were taking it back to the store, and I wasn't going to get it. Y'all got that roll in your house? Yes. Yeah. So you got to put those presents on lockdown. And so Christmas, I finally got my Voltron, and I brought it. Check this out. I brought my Voltron to church today, show and tell. This is it. This is the one that I waited for. This thing is more than a dozen years old now. Um, Got this thing when I was a kid. And look, all the lions, man, they still like, they do all the cool stuff. My kids at home want to play with this a lot, especially Abby. She's like, Dad, can I play with Voltron? And I'm like, no, no. I share a lot, but Daddy doesn't share Voltron. Yeah, so this is the one. This is cool as it can be. This thing's over 30 years old, man. But it was so important to me, I, ha- I held on to it. Like my parents put it in a duffel bag, and I rediscovered it uh, several years ago, and I've kept it out in my bedroom ever since. I'll get up and look at it and be like, Voltron, what's up, man? <laughs> Full-grown man, and, and I'm playing with Voltron in church today. How cool is this, though? It's just so awesome because it meant a lot to me. You guys remember a Christmas present that you've gotten in years gone by that just made your entire year when you got it? You guys remember that? Kids, are y'all wanting a special Christmas present this year? Yeah, see, y'all need to help the adults wake up. They got, they got bored when Pastor Josh was playing with Voltron. I'm gonna put Voltron right back over here. Under the tree where he goes, guard the presents, Voltron. So I love that, though. But I think the most important gift and the most important present that I've ever received in my life is what we're celebrating today, the gift of Jesus and what he means to me and how he's changed my life. And that free gift, that free gift that comes from God because he loves us so much. Because Christmas It's a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, Christmas is Jesus. Christmas is Jesus. Um, Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you this morning. I'm going to read it off the screen with you as we go along. It says that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. I think that's one of the most duh, Captain Obvious passages in the entire Bible. And you imagine being, we talked about this last week here at church. You imagine being out in a field as a shepherd, it's peaceful and quiet. And then all of a sudden, hallelujah, this angel appears and that just, I, I apologize to every one of you for what I just did with my voice. Y'all shouldn't have had to have experienced that. But, but you imagine, it says they were terrified. I would have been scared too. Absolutely. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news. Everyone say good news. Good news. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city. Of David. That's what we're celebrating today. That's why Christmas is all about Jesus. We're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, that perfect gift that God the Father sent to us. He made a way when we had no way. He came to restore a relationship that was broken. We're celebrating the greatest gift of all time today, Jesus. Jesus. That's what it's all about what it's all about. And I know some people, we think that Christmas is a great story that gets told this time of year. We tell telling the Christmas story, the, the birth of Jesus and how God sent his son and you got the angel and the manger and Mary is just glowing and beautiful, even though she had the baby and probably looked nothing like that. Um, you know, she, she, all these beautiful, these beautiful things that go along in the story and it's a great story that makes us feel good. At this time of year, But all this Jesus stuff and all this God stuff, man, it just that's for everybody else, it's not for you. Maybe you're here today and that's you and it's just a good story and it's not really real in your life. And a lot of people, they will say, they don't believe in God because they can't see God. You don't believe in things that you can't see because if you can't see it, how do you really know that it exists? How do you really know that it's not just a legend that's passed down or just a cute little family story that gets talked about this time of year? How do you know that it's really real if you can't see it? And I know a lot of people that say, that's awesome, and I'll even go so far as say it's great that people go to church, and I'll go to church once in a while because I want to be a good person. I agree with the Bible morally, but when it comes down to whether or not God is actually real, I don't know that I believe that because I haven't seen him. And I would just, for the sake of common sense, bring up the fact that we believe in a lot of stuff that we don't see. We really do as people. We believe in a lot of stuff that we don't see. I mean, think about gravity. Think about gravity. You don't see gravity, but you know, if you throw something off of a tall building or structure, it's gonna go down eventually, You can't see gravity, but you see the effects of gravity in the world everywhere. And because we see the effects of it, we accept that it's real even though we haven't seen gravity itself. That's why your feet are sore at the end of a long day at work because you've been standing up fighting against gravity all day long. It's real, but we haven't seen it. We've seen the effects of it. And think about the wind. None of us has ever seen the wind, but we've seen the effects of the wind. You see it blowing through the grass. You see it making the trees sway. You probably saw the wind blowing a lot of stuff around this morning if you got out early. never seen the wind, but you've seen the effects of the wind. See, we accept that things are real even though we haven't seen them because we see the evidence of it all around us. And I'm here to tell you today, you may not have physically seen God in your lifetime yet, but there is evidence of God all around us. And you can see the effects and the fingerprints of our awesome creator all over, all over the world that we live in. I mean, think about creation itself. If you've ever seen the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset, you're looking at the work of a master artist every day. Every day. Think about the world that we live in and the landscapes and the different environments all just around this planet. And think about not just the environments, but the wildlife in our world, the diversity of it. How many hundreds of millions of species of animals exist, all unique and intricate in how they operate and what they do. And the ecosystems that are in place to provide food and water and shelter for all of creation and for us. It's all evidence. It's all evidence of a creative God. This could not have happened on its own. Not in that kind of diversity. Not in in that kind of detail. I mean, I could accidentally throw some clay together and make a bowl, but I could not create a statue of David. It takes a gifted artist to be able to do that and we're all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Think about the detail of a human being, our DNA, how many billions of strands of DNA are existing right now in each and every one of us that are programmed to make us who, who we are and what we look like and our bodies to function the way that they do, the complexity of the fingerprints. No, one per, no two people have the same fingerprints. No two people have the same retina pattern in their eye. That's how detailed the creation of God is. It couldn't happen by accident. There's evidence in the work of God all around us. Think about the earth and the universe. This planet that we live on in orbit around our sun right now, scientists will tell us that if the earth changed its axis just a little bit, a degree this way, we would burn up. A degree in the opposite direction, our planet would freeze and turn into a ball of ice. We are perfectly placed so that life can exist on our planet. And not just on our planet, but we've got tons of planets in our solar system and countless solar systems inside of our galaxy. If you look at the sky at night, you see billions of stars and constellations in the Milky Way galaxy. They say that right now the count is over 1 billion solar systems just in the Milky Way galaxy alone. And then you think outside of the earth and its orbit in our galaxy, if you look at the universe and you look at all of the galaxies that are out there in the universe right now, there are, scientists estimate, over 120 billion galaxies full of solar systems like ours right now. And that's all we have the technology to be able to see and every time we get an advance in technology, the number grows. They estimate there's at least 10 times as many galaxies out there as we know of today. All of those galaxies move in orbit as the planets are moving in orbit in the solar system, the billions of solar systems inside of each one of those galaxies and Hundreds of millions of galaxies come together to form galactic neighborhoods that move in orbit while the galaxies are moving in orbit inside of it, while the planets are moving in orbit around that and all of the moons and the stars and the asteroids. Scientists now say that they believe that the universe itself is in rotation and orbit while everything else is in motion inside of it, perfectly balanced, moving like a finely- Tuned timepiece. That is the exact and perfect work in creation of a God. Has to be intelligent design. Has to be intelligent design. It's too precise. It's too accurate. Uh, some people would say all of the stuff that you see evolved over hundreds of millions and billions of years, but I can't common sense my way through that. And what they'll say is that. In the beginning, there was nothing, and that nothing compressed together and spun together, and out of nothing, something came. Now, think about that for a second. Just apply that to your bank account. Let's let's (laughs) compress your bank account in this Christmas season together and spin it around, and out of probably nothing (laughs) right now, boom, millions of dollars appear. That would be a cool magic trick, wouldn't it? It just doesn't make sense. If I were to take a cake mix and put it in a bucket, dump it into a bucket, throw some eggs and oil in there, shake it up, throw a stick of dynamite in there and let it blow up. Do you think it would instantly make a cake? No, it takes a person to bake a cake. If I let it sit on this stage for a 100 million years, do you think a cake would form? got to have somebody to bake it, right? Hopefully a, uh, an experienced grandmother who knows how to make cake tastes like cake should taste. You know what I mean? It, just, it takes time to do all of that. A person has to do it. It can't happen by accident. There's evidence all around us that points to the fact that there's absolutely an intelligent designer. You may never have seen God, but the evidence of him is all around you. And with all the wonderful creation and all the the powerful stuff that he made, the vastness of the universe, the complexity of life here on earth, and how diverse and complex we are as human beings, the greatest thing that he ever did was on that first Christmas over 2,000 years ago when the shepherd saw the angel walking across the field and made the announcement that the Savior, the Son of God, was born. the greatest thing that he ever did was sending his son to this earth to die as a sacrifice for you and for me. Because all he's wanted since he created us was to be with us. Just desired to be with us. He created Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden. He walked with Adam in the cool of the day just to hang out with him and just to be with him because he desires to have an active relationship with mankind. And when man fell into sin in the Garden of Eden, the first thing God did wasn't to take a lightning bolt of judgment and strike us with it. He instituted the covering of sacrifice and the shedding of blood for the temporary remission or covering of sin to give us a way to stay connected to him until he fixed the problem permanently. And you can look through the Old Testament and see God dwelling with his people and the Ark of the Covenant why he couldn't be with them physically because of the separation of sin between him and us. Because a sinful person couldn't stand in the presence of a holy God. And the Bible tells us that people would be struck dead when they tried to enter directly into the presence of God as a sinful person. So, His presence resided in the Ark of the Covenant so that he could just be with his people. And then his presence resided in the tent of meeting in the Old Testament just so he could dwell with his people and be with his people as close as he possibly could. And then when Solomon built the temple, you read that the presence of God flooded down into the holy of holies of that temple because he desired to be with us as close as he possibly could. And the temple was set up where you have the outer courts of the temple where people would come in, and then the inner courts of the temple where um, a lot of worship and sacrifice would take place. And then you would have the Holy of Holies, which is where the presence of God resided. And it was separated from the rest of the temple and the outside world by this thing called the temple veil. This was a curtain that hung over the entranceway to the Holy of Holies. And that just doesn't do it justice. It was huge. It was massive. Actually, the, there's a lot of people that believe that the, 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 the veil that separated us from the Holy of Holies was several feet thick. Think about that. That's just huge. Because while he could, wanted to be with us, we could not directly be in his presence because a sinful person can't stand in the presence of a holy God. And then he said, enough of dwelling, enough of being close from a distance. I want to solve this once and for all. So the eternal God sent his eternal son who got up off of the throne and stepped out of eternity into time and gave up immortality to put on mortal flesh so that he could be with us. And he walked with us and he talked with us and he healed blind eyes and he opened deaf ears and he raised people from the dead and he proclaimed the gospel and the kingdom of God and he showed love. He showed love. And then when the time came, he got up on the he lifted him up on the cross, and he bled out every last drop of his blood because he had to be the perfect sacrifice that would once and for all satisfy the price tag that came with for the forgiveness of our sins. And when he hung there, he cried out at the end, "It is finished." And when he had finished the work, the Bible says that the ground shook and an earthquake rattled the mountains. And the veil in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. That's significant from God to us. He said, you can't come to me, but I will come to you. And I'll pay the price and I'll make the way. I'll satisfy what is needed and I will be the perfect sacrifice for you. That's what we're celebrating today. Because Christmas is Jesus. Maybe you're here today. And Jesus isn't Lord and Savior of your life. And I want to give you the opportunity to know that love, to know that forgiveness. The Bible says that God so gave or God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But whosoever, you know what whosoever means? Anybody. That means me. That means you. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but can have eternal life. Because his entire desire is just to be with you in relationship. That's how much he loves you. Not to give you a book of rules to follow. Not to give you hoops to jump through. But to have a relationship with him to experience and grow in. That's why Jesus came. That's what Christmas is all about. And that's what we're celebrating today. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I just want to ask a quick question before we go out to the winter wonderland and have fun and hang out for the next few hours, eat some awesome food and have some awesome fun. Is Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? If he's not, what a beautiful day to solve that problem. What a beautiful day to see that relationship restored. A lot of people think that they have to get things right in their life and they've got to become a good person before they come to God. And that's not how it works. We can't make ourselves good enough. That's why Jesus came to die for us. Jesus doesn't take bad people and make them good people. He takes spiritually dead people and brings them to life on the inside. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. The beauty of that question is that you know the answer right now. And the answer isn't maybe or I hope or I think or I'll take care of it later. Don't play with your eternity that way. Let's, let's, let's fix this now. Let's, let's restore that relationship now. Let's let Jesus do what Jesus does best in our lives. So on the count of three, if that's you, you know that Jesus isn't Lord of your life. Your relationship with him is not where it needs to be. Let's fix it now on the count of three. I want you to lift your eyes and look at me. I want to lead you through a prayer this morning. I'm not going to single you out or embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray with you this morning. This is your moment. Don't let it pass by because you might not get another one. I'm not trying to scare you, but it's just the truth. So here we go on the count of three. If it's you, lift your eyes and look at me. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see yours. 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 Once you lift your eyes, you can put them back down. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet and you know you need to, lift your eyes up and look at me. I see yours. Praise God. God's doing some stuff this morning in the house. One last time, if you haven't lifted your eyes yet and you know you need to get your relationship with Jesus right, lift your eyes up and look at me if you haven't done it yet. I see yours, praise God. Let's all stand together this morning. Let's all stand if we can. You lifted your eyes. Hey, I want to lead you in a prayer. We're all going to pray this together because at Eastgate Church, we're all family, and at Eastgate Church, no one walks alone. We've got your back. Okay, and if you're a guest here today or visiting today, I want you to know hey, this is home for you. This is home for you. And we'll help you grow. And mature in your relationship with God and do everything we can to see you su- see success in your walk with Him. Here, nobody walks alone. We're going to pray this together. So, all right, let's go to the Lord. And if you lifted up your eyes and looked at me, pray this and mean it from your heart. Here we go Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me enough to send your Son, Jesus. I repent for the sin in my life. That means I turn away from it. I don't want it. I want you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for everything. You are my savior and you're my Lord. And one day at a time, One step at a time, I'll live out my life drawing closer to you as you change me from the inside out. Thank you for saving me. In your name, amen. Let's celebrate and give God praise for what just happened in the lives of these people. I love it as we celebrate jesus people are getting their hearts right with jesus i don't think it could be more beautiful than that but the fun today isn't done it's actually just starting so let me pray and dismiss everybody what an awesome service amen let me dismiss and pray over everybody and let's make our way out to behind the building and let's get ready to enjoy some awesome fun And listen, love on our community as they come in for Winter Wonderland today. Amen? So we celebrated Jesus. Now let's show Jesus to the community as they show up. Father, thank you for an awesome service, for an awesome time in your presence. God, I just pray blessing over the rest of the day. Let us have a blast. Let us make memories. But most of all, God, I pray that we show your love to the over thousands of people that are about to show up, Lord, what a great opportunity we now have to let others know about what you just did in our lives. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.